Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hello, everyone. It is July 21st, 2016, and you are listening to Locked On Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and of course, I want to uh, welcome everyone to the show, first off, and Remind everyone that you can now find us on Stitcher. Um, I, I haven't checked with everything. I'll go double check it and double check it after I record this. But uh, it seems like the Stitcher feed has been updated and updates itself as well uh, as I post these these uh, podcasts to Audio Boom. So now you can find us on just about any uh, podcast service that you want. Um, I'm sure there's some obscure ones that we're not on, but you can find us on iTunes. Search Locked On Magic. Uh, download us, have us automatically downloaded to your iPhone or li- other listening device that gets iTunes. Uh, if you can find us on Audio Boom and you can find us on Stitcher, be sure on whatever rating system that all those use to give us whatever the highest rating system there is. I'm sure that will help us get more notice and get more listeners and create more community and magic fans and, and all that good stuff that we like to talk about. On today's show of Locked On Magic, uh, I'm going to talk about a really interesting find that, that I made. Uh, uh, earlier this week on who is a better fit for Alfred Payton um, uh, between the two shooting guards and did the Magic make the right choice between Evan Fournier and Victor Oladipo. The, I looked at some of the numbers and the numbers may surprise you. More at 11. I'll also be taking a look at the Eastern Conference outlook of our Vincent McMillan for OrlandoMagicDaily.com wrote a, uh, wrote a good kind of survey piece looking at who's going up, who's going down in the East. I disagree with his list a little bit, but I will share his list, and share some of my thoughts as well. But before we get started, I do want to talk about um, kind of this is our news segment, our, our little news topic at the beginning, and, and I'm going to take the, take the scale back a little bit to what is going on in Orlando. Uh, as, as some of you may know, I do run a, a sister site to Orlando Magic Daily, Orlando Sports Daily. You can check out orlandosportsdaily.com. Uh, and, when there's bi- and, and even if I didn't run that site, I do feel... Like it's important to know what's going on in the sports scene in Orlando because, uh, I, although I know most of my listeners, or many of my listeners, not most, but many of my listeners may not come from the Orlando area, the Orlando Magic are part of a larger Orlando sports community, and I, I do think it is somewhat important to uh, at least recognize what's going on when there's major events, and also there's just not a lot of news going on with the Magic. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about Orlando City hiring a new coach in Jason Kreese just for. A few minutes here, uh, you know. Obviously, there's been a lot of change throughout throughout the entire sports scene in Orlando uh, this season. I mean, you look at it; the Magic have changed coaches. UCF has changed football, men's basketball, women's basketball, and baseball coaches. Um, they introduced uh, their their coach yesterday as well, actually, for baseball. Um, the, the Orlando City's now obviously changed coaches. Um, you know, there there there's been a lot of upheaval. In the Orlando sports scene, it's it's been really kind of shocking. Actually, it's been an interesting time to cover some of the teams uh, in the Orlando area. Uh, it's it's a time of great optimism in the city uh, because so much is going on, so much is changing, and there's just there, there are a lot more sports options available. And I, I honestly, 
I would venture to guess, and this may be a discussion point for later on in the season. It may be something I bring in someone for a larger podcast on, but I, I've always gotten the sense that ever since Orlando City came onto the scene, uh, the Magic have felt a little threatened by it. Because um, essentially Orlando City rose to MLS prominence and rose to prominence as a, as a franchise, as a major franchise at least in the city, during probably the worst stretch of Magic basketball since they were an expansion team. And I think the Magic have tried to copy some of the things they've done. They've tried to create a fan section, and, and Orlando City fans have, have frankly laughed at them at it. Uh, I just I don't think that's really the NBA or the Magic's business model, to be frank, to, to try and copy some of the things Orlando City's done. But Orlando City has made a major impression in this market, and I think the Magic got caught a little flat-footed marketing-wise and are still trying to figure out how to get at, how to combat it or how to uh, – you know, sharing that success, let's say. Um, you know, people have only X amount of dollars to spend on sports, and now there is some legitimate competition for the Magic when there was never that kind of competition for them. Uh, and did that maybe spur the Magic to try and push to win in this rebuild a little quicker? I'm not going to say it did, but it's certainly, a, it's certainly a working theory. Now, Orlando City is facing its first big challenge as a franchise right now. And I think they did a very good job addressing at least some of it since they fired Adrian Heath. Um, you know, obviously Adrian Heath was a huge fan favorite. Fans were extremely angry when he was suddenly when he was suddenly let go. And uh, you know, uh, without I mean, without doubt, I mean, he was a very good coach. He's d done a lot for this for this team and and, and this and and the city. Uh, but the Orlando City pretty much turned it into a Frank Vogel situation. They went out and got probably the best MLS coach available, a guy who's uh, very, very capable uh, and and has a track record in the MLS and was probably fired wrongly uh, from his previous job. It's, it's amazing the parallels between Jason Kreiss and Frank Vogel. Kreiss, uh, for those that don't know, won the MLS Cup with Real Salt Lake uh, in 2012, I think. He won, he, won his, he won an MLS Cup in Real Salt Lake um, was a longtime coach there. Has been a long time. Was a, was a player in the MLS, so he he knows the league up forwards and backwards. He was the coach last year for New York City FC until he was until he was fired and dismissed. Uh, many people thought wrongly uh, that New York City just had unrealistic expectations as a, as an expansion franchise, and that was what doomed him rather than his actual coaching. Uh, there's obviously going to be a, a transition. He's taking over Monday, so in the middle of the season they're actually play a game Saturday in Columbus. Uh, and then Christ takes over on Monday, and his first his first game will be at Camping World Stadium, July thirty first against the New England Revolution. Uh, should be should be an interesting game. Uh, uh, the game the Orlando City's games against New England this year have been fantastic so far. Uh, so uh, congratulations to the new coach. Uh, I think Orlando City did a very good job with this hire. Um, I think he's got the pedigree. I think he has the MLS experience that the team wants. Now it's just about getting the team together, getting them to buy into the new philosophy. You know, maybe making some changes before the transfer deadline closes in August, uh, and uh, picking up some home wins. To be frank, I mean, I think they've had what three home wins in ten games, uh, no losses, but but still, that's a lot of points left on the board for a team that is trying to make the playoffs. And again, I, I I'll say this again: it's a very, still very, very exciting time for Orlando Sports. I think after a year where there's been so much, t you know, tumultuousness and so much. Uh, frustration with with the teams I mean if you look at it 
the Solar Bears didn't meet expectations. The Magic certainly didn't meet oh, – they met my expectations, but they didn't meet their general expectations of making the playoffs. UCF went winless. UCF basketball was kind of a disaster. Uh, even – I mean, not so much this year, but last year the Predators won their division but lost in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, it, it, it's been a very difficult year for Orlando sports, but you flip the calendar over now and you're looking ahead. You know, you've got the Predators probably as the favorite to win the Arena, Arena Football League. I think the Solar Bears have a better approach to how they're building their team and trying to and trying to uh, uh, approach the upcoming season to 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 put a better product on on the ice uh, at the Amway Center. Uh, I think Donnie Jones and and Scott Frost are both home run hires for for UCF program on the rise. And, and I I mean as as much mystery as there is about the Magic, I do think the Magic got better this this off season. I've I'm still kind of in my very wide range of 30 to 45 wins because I, I do see the potential for a disaster. But uh, I certainly, if, if you were to ask me what the Magic's win total is going to be, I'll probably put it closer to 40, 41, 42, 43 than I would to the 30, 35 range. I mean, I think that the team did get better. It's just a question of whether it's enough to get into the playoffs. I'll address that a little bit later on in the show. But uh, in, in my featured segment today, I do want to talk a little bit about some of my findings uh, when I asked the question, who was the better shooting guard for Alfred Payton? Now, this is a very different question than I think uh, I've asked throughout the season, really. Because, I mean, I think throughout the year, we posed the question as, the Magic can only keep one, Victor Oladipo or Evan Fournier, which one should they keep? And there are a number of different considerations that needed to be made in making that decision. So this isn't the, this isn't to isolate this one decision and say, the Magic made a made a wrong or bad decision because they picked Evan Fournier over Victor Oladipo. I mean, the, the decisions were pretty clear. Uh, you know, Evan Fournier was probably a little bit more of a consistent player and a better shooter, could fit into a, a larger ensemble. Whereas Victor Oladipo needs the ball in his hands to be to really be successful. Um, he's he's not the greatest shooter, although he is an improving shooter. Uh, and you know, you want him to be the star, and he's just not that. And on top of that, he's the guy that had more market value, not just because Evan Fournier is a free agent. I think Victor Oladipo has more market value than Evan Fournier. That doesn't mean he's a better player, but because of his higher ceiling, I think teams recognize that he has a better shot at at becoming something and are willing to take a risk and give up assets to get it, whereas Evan Fournier... I think he is what he is. There's certainly still some room to grow, but uh, the player Evan Fournier was last year, you know, I think he'll tick up a little bit, but that's about the player he is. As Rob Hennigan said, you know, by the end of your rookie contract, you kind of know who every player is. And clearly with with Victor Oladipo, the Magic kind of decided we're not willing to give him a max contract because that's what he's going to ask. That's what he's going to get probably. Uh, and so we're going to trade him away and, and kind of cash in that asset now. But... Undoubtedly, the Magic are in a little bit of a pickle. Alfred Payton is a good point guard. Let's let's put that on, on out on the table right now. If point guard is the most important position on the court for directing traffic and running a team, and in this modern NBA, however you want to describe it, if Alfred Payton is, if the point guard position is the most important position on the floor. Alfred Payton is not a bad player to have. Remember, I, I, I kind of, I, again, I kind of put him in the same boat that I had Nikola Vucevic for a long time. 
Nikola Vucevic, as, as I've argued plenty of times on the show already, and I'm kind of tired of arguing it, so I'm probably going to take a Vooch break uh, for a little while. But he's a good player. He is a starting center in this league. He will provide plenty of points, plenty of rebounds. He does the things that he's good at. But the issue is you don't know. It's not clear if you can win with him as your starting center because of the defense, because of his flaws. That doesn't mean you give him away. That doesn't mean you concede the position and go searching for a replacement. No. That means you don't trade him because he's a quality player unless you have his replacement in place. We can run wild with Vucevic trade rumors now because they've got Serge Ibaka and Bismack Biombo to potentially replace Nikola Vucevic. Alfred Payton's very much in that same boat. If you look at his numbers last year, it, they didn't go up last year. That's 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 probably the disappointment in Alfred Payton. Is you if you look at his statistics, they kind of flatlined, and his rookie year wasn't bad by any means. There was certainly enough there to make you say, you know, this guy is worth investing a little bit in and and trying. This 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 experiment is worth worth going through again, uh, giving it a second year. You know, there's something there that we need to see. You know, Peyton averaged 8.9 points per game his rookie year, 4.3 rebounds, 6.5 assists, shot a 43.3% effective field goal percentage. Last season, he averaged 10.7 points per game, 6.4 assists per game, 3.6 rebounds per game, and shot a 45.6 effective field goal percentage. His box plus minus, though, went from minus 0.7 points per 100 possessions to minus 1.3 points per 100 possessions. Uh, essentially, that means with Peyton on the floor, the Magic last year were 1.3 points per 100 possessions worse than they would have been had they had a replacement-level player. And a big reason why there was that big drop-off, because his offense actually improved, was because his defense really dipped. He had a .8 defensive box plus minus, which means he's better than the average player on defense uh, his rookie year to a minus .5 defensive box plus minus. Really, to me, Peyton, Peyton obviously needs to continue taking a step up offensively. But to me, his defense has to return to get to a, a, a strong level. Obviously, it wasn't strong last year. And I think having the shot blockers behind him is going to help. I, I think that's going to allow him to press up and, and put a little more pressure on guys, and, and he'll be able to trust, trust the defense behind him. Now... The Magic clearly are invested in Alfred Payton. This is year three. This is his show-me year. So he's really got to show something. But if the Magic were trying to make the playoffs, and they knew Alfred Payton was going to be an important player, and they know he has his struggles shooting the ball, and he's not a, a great shooter by any means, then that means the Magic have to think about building their roster with Payton in mind. Who's going to be the best fit for Alfred Payton? And again, this is a very different question than Oladipo or Fournier because that's a straight-up, you know, who's better question. This is more a question of fit. And the logic would tell you that Evan Fournier is the better fit. He's a shooter. He can help spread the floor, get you know, give more driving lanes to Peyton because defenses can't collapse on him. Victor Oladipo's inability to shoot, you know, allows defenses to stray off him, try and close out, you know, try and cut, cut off his driving lanes as the ball kicks back out to him. It, 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 seems, it would seem like Fournier is the better fit. 
The numbers last year, though, say differently, and I thought this was very surprising. Uh, according to NBA Wowie, and I'll pull up the numbers here real fast. According to NBA Wowie, with Fournier and Peyton on the floor together without Oladipo, the Magic posted a 104.9 offensive rating and a 104.9 defensive rating. Again, it's about neutral. It, it, it seems like the, t- you know, the team was just as good, um, you know, they were just as good offensively as they were defensively uh, in, that situ- in that particular situation. So it's not that they're a bad pairing. I mean, the offense looks good. Defense could be a little bit better. And again, I'll, I'll add some caveats to, to these numbers in, in, in a little bit. With Peyton and Oladipo on the floor together without Fournier, though, the Magic were significantly better. With Peyton and Oladipo on the floor without Fournier, the Magic posted a 112.6 offensive rating and a 106.5 defensive rating. That is a plus 6.1 net rating. The Magic were 6.1 points per 100 possessions better than their opponents with Peyton and Oladipo on the floor without Evan Fournier. What does that tell us? That does seem to suggest that the Magic were better taking Oladipo at shooting guard rather than Fournier. And I think that is a legitimate concern. A lot of Fournier's success last year came with Oladipo at the two, taking some, taking some pressure off of him, and Fournier catching some people by surprise. Uh, if you remember, when the Magic took Oladipo out of the starting lineup, Fournier's numbers dropped. He was not as effective or his raw numbers at least, dropped. He was not as effective from the shooting guard position. And, and I, I, I can look up the numbers in a little while, but you know, I do recall seeing that Evan, that Evan Fournier was much better as a small forward, and that raised, again, that raises more questions about who the, who the, how the Magic should construct their lineup. Because I think a lot of us recognize Evan Fournier probably can't defend small forwards at a high level. But offensively, he may just be a better fit at small four. It's kind of the Tobias Harris problem all over again. So, again, what does this tell us? Well, it does. It, again, it does seem to suggest that the Magic were better with Oladipo on the floor. But remember some context here. Two-man lineup, lineup to combos are a little bit tricky, especially now with the new context that we have with this new Magic team. Remember, the Magic weren't a negative with Fournier on the floor, not Oladipo. They broke even. So what happens now when you add a rim-protecting shot blocker like Serge Ibaka? Does that improve the defense enough? You know, does the offense take a hit, you know, without a consistent driver now? Two main lineups are very tricky, are very tricky to, 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 to draw too many hard and fast conclusions. It, it, it could there could be a number of factors. How how many of those minutes were shared with Nikola Vucevic on the defensive end, and on the offensive end? You know how many of those minutes were against the, the top competition, the top you know the, the the starters from the other team. That that matters. Um, the minutes were a, not a huge split. I think Peyton and Oladipo were paired up more than than Peyton and Fournier alone. Uh, but again, 
that that context matters. Like it, it, it's not a complete picture. It is a snapshot. It does tell us something, but it is not a complete picture. So have the magic then constructed a lineup that will give Fournier all the advantages that he had to have his breakout season, put up the raw numbers he had without Oladipo in the lineup and with Peyton there. And then, and I didn't look this up, how Fournier and Oladipo played together without Peyton, but, you know, is it a Fournier issue or is it a Peyton issue? I mean, we know Alfred Peyton's limitations. We know some of the things that he still needs to work on, uh, but he is still a, a very good player. And I had that wrong, I'm sorry. Fournier and Peyton played 812 minutes together without Oladipo, and Peyton and Oladipo played 522 minutes without Fournier. So there's there, there should be plenty of sample size for us to, to consider these numbers uh, significant. Uh, but uh, certainly they don't tell the, the whole picture, uh, at least completely. Uh, and so, you know, we will see... Uh, how this plays out, whether this this you know this lineup shuffle works, it is a very different lineup than last year, so I don't think there's a direct comparison to make. Uh, but certainly, and most of us, I think most of us agree with this, uh, the Magic need a better Alfred Payton to be successful in the 2017 season. So just some numbers for thought. Um, I, I, I guess I put an intentionally uh, provocative headline on there. I just wanted to present the numbers and, and you know, get us thinking of thinking about this lineup a little bit more and maybe suggesting that, uh, you know, this isn't just going to be some straight line. There might be some struggles ahead uh, for, for Evan Fournier as they, as they work things out. And obviously, uh, the Magic have a lot of work to do to uh, accomplish their goals. Uh, with the final segment of the show, I'm running a little bit long today, a lot to talk about today, obviously. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the Eastern Conference as a whole. Um, obviously, the goal this year for the Magic is to make the playoffs in 2017. Uh, most of free agencies died down, so I think we can begin taking a little bit of a survey of the Eastern Conference and, and where we see the Magic's fit in it. Um, I've gotten myself into some trouble on Twitter uh, with, with opposing fans, so I'm sure that's going to happen again. Uh, Vincent McMillan uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com has an article uh, surveying the East, stock up, stock down, Eastern Conference. Uh, just to quickly review some of, some of it, you know, there are def definitely some teams that improve themselves, uh, definitely some teams that uh, are, are taking a step back, uh, but when you look at the playoff picture, uh, this is how Vincent sees it going down this year. Uh, number one, he has the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number two, the Boston Celtics. Um, I, I'm still a Toronto guy. Uh, I think Cleveland and Toronto are clearly the top two teams in the East. Boston probably jo probably joins them, and so my top three teams are Cleveland, Boston, Toronto. Uh, Vincent has Indiana three. I'm not sold on Indiana. Uh, I, I got into a long argument with, with a Pacers fan about this. He thinks the Pacers are a top three seed. And obviously, that's not a crazy thing to say. I mean, I think it's very, very possible that Indiana can get there. Uh, but I think they, they downgraded their coach. Um, I, I think that's going to really hurt them. Uh, their offense is still probably not going to be a, a juggernaut by any means, even with Paul George. And I think that their defense is going to take a step back. I, just, I don't think that's Nate McMillan's forte. I, I don't think he has the same kind of pull that Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel does. Obviously, it's, it's a similar voice to last year, so you know, not much will change, but uh, Vogel is a really, really good coach. And, and if you look at McMillan's track record, he's had success. He's able to get teams in the playoffs. 
that I don't see him being able to take this team to the next level. I have Indiana much lower on my list. Um, I have them as like a six or a seven seed, not as a three seed. Uh, you know, obviously the East gets very jumbled. Um, I tend to tier teams. So if tier one is Cleveland, Boston, Toronto, I'd probably put Indiana in that second tier. And, and these are like the teams that I think are very clearly playoff teams. Um, I'll, let me go through Vincent's whole list, and then I'll, I'll give I'll give my list here too. Uh, so Vincent has Cleveland one, Boston two, Indiana three, Toronto four. He likes what Chicago's done at five. Um, you know, adding Dwayne Wade obviously is, is an interesting is an interesting move. Keeps them relevant. Uh, adding Rajon Rondo is a, is a strong point guard move. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that team works. They they had so many issues last year, but they've definitely got the star power. Um, I think to to remain in the playoff conversation. Uh, he's got Detroit six. Uh, I like that pick. Uh, Orlando seven, Atlanta eight, and then New York, Milwaukee, Washington, Miami, Charlotte on the outside. My my list is is very different, and and I think that shows the parity of the Eastern Conference. Um, like I said, my top three are Cleveland, Toronto, Boston. I think those three are absolute locks to make the playoffs. They're the three teams that are going to be competing for the Eastern Conference title this year. I, I don't see anyone other than those three really taking taking a jump up. Uh, I, some people don't like Toronto. I think that they, um, A, they made the conference finals last year, so I, I don't see them taking a huge step back. Uh, you know, could they lose to Boston in the playoffs? Sure. Could Boston get the two seed? Sure. But to, but to me, Toronto is still a very, very good regular season team at the very, very least. Uh, and when you're talking about playoff seeding, the regular season matters. Don't worry about what they do in the playoffs. Um, they just, they, I mean, their roster, I mean, yeah, they won two seven-game series to reach the Eastern Conference Finals, took Cleveland to six. They may not be a fantastic playoff roster, but they're a very good regular season team. And, and I think that, that should not be forgotten. You know, every, there's definitely some recency bias. The Magic freaking signed Bismack Biombo based on recency bias, it seems. Uh, and so I think it's very easy to get caught up in that and, and forget how good they were during the regular season, which they were very, very good. Uh, so Cleveland, Boston, Toronto are my top three. Uh, my next tier are kind of the teams that more likely than not are going to make the playoffs. Uh, I, I think these, these teams will be in. Uh, I've got Detroit. Charlotte, Atlanta, and Indiana, not necessarily in that order, in that next tier. Um, I, I think probably Indiana or Detroit are the next team to take that step up and be like a four or five seed. Um, I like I like Charlotte still. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, they lost a lot in Jeremy Lin, so maybe they end up like a six or a seven seed. Uh, and then Atlanta, you know, for all the changes that Atlanta made, Atlanta is still a very very good team. They've got Dennis Schroeder. They've got Kyle Korver, they got Paul Millsap, they added Dwight Howard, which will change some things and maybe change some of their motion offense, but that team is still going to be very, very dangerous and very, very good. Remember the last year they had the top defense in the league by defensive rating, or one of the top, def I think they were the second best defense in the league by defensive rating, and now they've added Dwight Howard, who's, who's not a shabby defender himself and, and can protect the rim, can still protect the rim when he's, when he's engaged and ready to do so. So they're, they're still a dangerous team to me. Wouldn't surprise me if they get a get a five seed, a six seed again. So, uh, I, let me just repeat this so I have it in my head: uh, four Detroit, five Indiana, six Atlanta, seven Charlotte. And Charlotte's probably wavering. And again, I let me let me say this too: this is all just spitballing at this point. Um, I think we'll take a closer look at at things as we get closer to the season. But just just a sense of where teams are. So, let's say Charlotte is in that group that is 
more likely than not in. Maybe we'll put them in this next tier, which are the, the, the teams that are fighting to get in, the, you know, the, the borderline teams that are fighting to get in. And it's, you know, so it's set, it's, these teams are essentially fighting for two spots. And it's Charlotte, Orlando, New York, Milwaukee, Washington, Miami. Uh, Philadelphia and Brooklyn, I think, are the two teams that just don't have a shot at the playoffs. Sorry, guys. Thanks for playing. Um, essentially, though, we have six teams fighting for two spots. And I'm not sure Orlando gets in quite yet. And, and that might disappoint some people because I think Washington is still very, very dangerous. Um, they've, uh, I mean, they've got some rebuilding and regrouping to do from last year. But, they, you know, this team is not far from being a legitimate threat to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, this is not. This is a team that's not too far off from, you know, meeting expectations. They've got some. They got some young guys that need to grow up. They got some some old guys that that probably need to be moved out. Uh, and they've got a new coach, obviously. But they've 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 got all the tools, I think, to to get in. I I have them slotted as like that seven or eight seed with Charlotte. Um, I think New York, Milwaukee, and Orlando are still on the outside. I think Miami took a step back. I think there's a very realistic chance. Orlando is better than Miami up this upcoming year. Um, it all, uh, that all depends on Chris Bosh's health, but uh, I think it's more likely than not that the Magic won't be in last place in the division anymore. And, you know, I want to, again, remind everyone the Magic could win 42 games and miss the playoffs. And if the Magic took a seven-game step up from 35 to 42 wins and still missed the playoffs, could, that could still be enough to, uh, to generate interest from free agents for sure. Uh, and, and accomplish the Magic's goals that they want. Uh, but the playoffs are going to be very, very tough. This is a very loaded Eastern Conference. There's a lot of parity, especially in this middle. Uh, New York, some could argue, have improved by adding Derrick Rose. Um, you know, that is that they, they're, they're an interesting situation. Milwaukee always seems to be kind of right on the cusp. They made the playoffs two years ago. Um, you know, I think they've still got some issues, but they've got a lot of talent. And, and someone's, some, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if someone from this group took a step up and surprised people and got into the playoffs uh, and, and displaced a team. You know, whether it's, you know, Frank, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I, I went from Charlotte being solidly in to, to maybe taking Charlotte out of the playoffs in this podcast. But, you know, maybe they displace a, a team that, that takes a step back like a Charlotte or, you know, I, I, I know I said good things about Indiana, but you know maybe Indiana does struggle with with a new coach and they take a step back, or you know maybe Chicago those pieces combust again, and they take a step back and miss the playoffs again. Um, you know there's definitely a lot of moving pieces around, and, and Orlando is right in the mix of all that. But you know they, there's a lot to me. To me, when I make playoff predictions, I, I predict more based on certainty, who I think is more likely than not going to perform at a high level. And as should be noted with how I've talked about the team on this podcast, I still have a lot of questions about this Magic team. I think there's the potential to make the playoffs. I absolutely can see them making the playoffs. I could see them being that surprise team. Um, you know, I've said it on this podcast. I, I think Serge Ibaka can be an all-star in the Eastern Conference. I really believe that. Um, I think I, I believe he has enough talent to do it. The question is, can he do it? We've never seen him do it. So it's hard to say that he can. It's hard to to put a lot of faith that he can. Just because I think he can doesn't mean he will, and I'm going to bet the percentages that you know, he's going to take a little bit of a bump up from his statistics because his usage is up, but he's not going to take a, a you know, full leap forward. And you know, that's kind of how I approach things. So I have the Magic just outside the playoff race. I think they'll be in it till the very end. I think they'll be like the 10, 
the 10th place team in the East, something like that, you know, be playing meaningful games into April, really have a shot at, shot at this. But uh, I, I, I'm just still very uncertain about a few pieces on the Magic roster and, and how things come together. But that's my opinion. Be sure to go check out Vincent's article on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, breaking down the Eastern Conference uh, as well. And so, we'll, so that, you know, that'll be an ongoing discussion until we get games going and we see how the standings shake out. Uh, obviously, the Magic surprised everyone going 19-13 and 13 last year and being the third or fourth seed in the East in December. Uh, you know, so it's very possible the Magic come out of the gates very fast again and are right there in that conversation and playing with confidence. Uh, that, that, that was key. I mean, the Magic obviously had that potential in them, and we were waiting to see it come out once again. So that'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Magic. I hope everyone has a very, very good Thursday. Be on the lookout later today for an extended edition of Locked on Magic, the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast. I was joined by Ryan Doyle. We talked all about the Orlando Magic summer, uh, broke it down once again from his perspective, and talked a little bit about uh, the Nikola Vucevic situation. He wrote a great article on the Nikola Vucevic trade market. Uh, I encourage you all to go check that out as well, uh, and um, and uh, listen to us talk. Listen to us talk about it later today. That should be out this afternoon, so you should have it for your commute home, for your evening listening. You know, some some easy listening there uh, on that as well. Uh, I'm also going to be doing a mini mailbag tomorrow, my weekly mini mailbag. So send your questions in. Uh, on Twitter, at OmagicDaily. Use the hashtag LockedOnMagic. I'll pick up some questions and answer them on the, po- on the podcast tomorrow. Um, I'm also planning to talk a little bit about uh, the Magic's free agency pitch overall for you know based off of the article that I wrote uh, earlier in the week. So again, be sure to send us your, your mini mailbag questions at, lo- at OmagicDaily. Use the hashtag LockedOnMagic, and I'll, I'll be sure to answer those. You can, again, follow us on Twitter, at OmagicDaily. Check out the website, OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The podcast is now on Stitcher, so you can get us off iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, uh, Smoke Signals. No, you can't do Smoke Signals. I don't know Smoke Signals. But um, any, any listening device that you, that you want, I'm sure we can figure out a way to, to make the podcast available on that. Uh, let me know if there are any problems. And if you're on iTunes, if you're on Stitcher, if you're on Audioboom, if they have it, be sure to give us a nice review. We really appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I've been loving the response to the podcast. I'm glad everyone is really enjoying this project, uh, and, and it's helping us get through the doldrums. It's going to be even better once the season begins, uh, and so we'll we'll get get through we'll get through this dark time together. We got the Olympics coming up in a few weeks, uh, so plenty of reason to be excited here. Whew, deep breath there. That'll do it for today's show. Thanks everyone for listening to Locked On Magic. I will see you tomorrow. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.